Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome back to Sofa Cinema Club. I'm Colson Smith, and as always, I'm joined by Jack P. Shepherd, Ben Park. Well, very done. good. Well done. Oh, hello, hello. The Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together to educate each other on films. Now it is all about the films we should have seen, but we haven't. Each week, we set a film for each other to watch, and then we come into the studio and we talk about what we loved, hated, and rated about the film. Now, the beauty of our film club is that anyone can join in. All you have to do is watch along with the film at home and then join us every Thursday to find out what we thought. This week's film has been chosen by myself and it's a little bit different to my normal picks. It is the Oscar winning Parasite. But before we get into talking all things Parasite, as always, how's your week been? And it's been a bit of a weird one because we've actually had two weeks off from the podcast mid-series because... Well, it's 2022 now, isn't it? We've had Christmas, we've had New Year, we're back. What did we do? Did we do anything exciting? I don't think we did. We just stayed in and did Christmas dinner at home. Turkey. Turkey. You normally go out, don't you, Christmas dinner? Normally go out into town, but I don't know, it's just... I've not been doing that for the past couple of years. I wonder why. <laughs> Very good. Very topical. <laughs> so, uh, no, we just stayed in. Christmas dinner at home. Played Cards Against Humanity. Hanny's mum. Amazing. We couldn't beat her. Really? Absolutely wiped the fucking floor with us. It's all about how you read them. You've, you've just got to be completely Pantone. Pantone? What's Pantone? <laughs> What's do you pant- mean monotone? I like Pantone, though. I like it. That's something to do with paint. Pantone's the colour thing. Yeah, it is. It's to do with painting and decorating, isn't it? <laughs> monotone, 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 monotone. Is that what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Pantone's good. Then. You're gonna be very colourful. No, you haven't. Monotone, shit. <laughs> well, you do have to be colourful in your selections as well, I guess. Yeah, but you've got to give it the deadpan. Yeah, I mean, what Hanny's mum does? She does this weird thing of making it almost not make sense. As much as it doesn't make sense, it's funnier. What I do with Cards Against Humanity, if you've played the game. I always just try and make sense. Try and make sense and try and get the topics and the answers just just matching up. That's tick box for me. But what she does is she goes off. She goes, if it's a question, she just gets in. The answer is just curling out a perfectly Cumberland curl shit. <laughs> And then that's the answer. Then Winner. It, then, done. Then it wins. And then... 
I can't imagine someone curling a Cumberland shit on Christmas Day. That's it. That's the winner. That's the winner, and you can't come back. You've got nothing. <laughs> I mean, what has this podcast come to? It's 2022. Moving on. We're five minutes into the episode. Moving to Colson. Come on, how was your Christmas? Come on, give us it. I got a little bit of an unexpected present from Santa this year. Ooh. Ooh. I got home to Yorkshire on the old 21st, feeling fine. And the next thing I know, I was going out for dinner, so I had to do a lateral flow. And I got the Rona, the Omnicron. Was it like E.T.? Was your house to come round and put you in plastic? Well, I felt really bad for my (laughs) sister, who had to find somewhere else to eat Christmas dinner. Because obviously, (laughs) she doesn't live at home. Um, But yeah, I mean, it, it was weird. But then I guess it kind of encapsulated a little bit about kind of what Christmas can be about in the sense of I had to stay home. So it was just me and my parents in for Christmas. On Christmas Day, Hannah came and she came to the window and I was. it looked like I was in an old people's home. She passed my presents through the door. I had to wipe them down before unwrapping them and be like, yeah, thank you. But I mean, it, it was very weird, but almost, a, you know, it, if, if you're going to get it, which I hope no one does, a nice time of year to get it, I guess, because I, I was in anyway. I see what you mean. Did you give it the sofa lie down to your mum? I can't move. I can't move. I had a lot of time on my hands, so I did watch all eight Harry Potters. Oof. Oh, my God. Well, at least it wasn't wasted. I know, and that's what I wanted to do this Christmas. And then Santa gave me Omnicrom, and I watched all eight Harry Potters. Eight Harry Potters. Me and Honey watched three films. Eight hours, 56 minutes, three films. Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh! Not in a day. Spread over three days. We did a film. Oh! Down the Shire for three days. (laughs) Yeah. Finish off with a dragon. You'd be... God, you'd be bored. Nearly as bored as Harry Potter. I I did three Potters in one day. Oh! I did. I did three in one day. We did three diehards over Christmas. The third one's very good. Very good. We did first Die Hard Christmas Eve, second Die Hard Midway, because it's a bit baggy, second Die Hard, third Die Hard uh, New Year's Eve, very good. No Polar Express? (laughs) (laughs) No Polar Express, but uh, as part of Ben's Animal Encounters, first day, January the 1st, 2022, so my daughter's gone off, she's off in a party, she's sleeping over somewhere. She's off. She's done. And then everyone else is asleep. I'm like, do you know what? I'm going to get up, have a little coffee, go downstairs quite early. Uh, And then the dog is right by, you have this little kid's gate. So the dog can't run upstairs and whatever. Star's there, wagging its tail, wagging its tail loads. Now, she's always happy to see me. I'm like, oh, okay. But then she runs off into her basket again. So she wags her tail and then runs into her basket. She never does that. I walk in to the kitchen and there is shit everywhere. Everywhere. Dog shit. Dog shit. (laughs) What did you think his daughter's come home from? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I thought he meant there's like just mess. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's dog do. It is a dog do, so the only place that's safe is her basket. Oh. So then I'm into 
dog poo hopscotch. Yeah. <laughs> because I've got to get, got get, to, I get the fucking, I get the toilet roll. And then I'm like, I need the spray. She's obviously eaten something. Yeah. Over Christmas. Got a bad tummy. She had a heavy New Year's Eve. She's had a heavy New Year's Eve. I think some of the fireworks scared her. <laughs> She's literally shit herself. Do- dogs and fireworks aren't... Aren't great. It's that, not yeah. great for her. And then I was tracing it a bit like Poirot. She's gone up by the fridge and started, burnt round the corners, <laughs> come straight through the under the kitchen table, finished under one of the chairs, and she's asleep. It was fucking everywhere. So I, I'm like, okay, I'm on the 2022 clean. Airpods in, clean away, clean away. Takes a while, and you've got to be careful. You don't want to get shit on your dressing gown, no. shit on yourself, no. shit on the bin. And, uh, you know, I give her a little hug as well, because she can't be feeling very well. So I said, you're all right, she's all right, she goes out and whatever. So I clean up, and then my wife comes down the stairs and goes, oh, great, you've cleaned. Clean. Oh, well done, how fantastic. I'm like, yes. Didn't, didn't tell her? <laughs> yeah, I told her. Oh. So there, sh- there was shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it weirdly. I did it a bit like Star was a child. I did it out so she couldn't hear. She's not well. She's not well. She's eating something. What? She's eating something. Oh, so that was my 2022. First day. What did you do for New Year, Jack? Anything? New Year. What did we... We watched... I think we watched a film. We got a takeaway and watched a film. And then we watched that... What's that Jules Holland show? Is he still doing that? He's still doing that. (sighs) Then there were a few fireworks. And we're in the city centre and the dogs and they go... They go a little bit balmy when the fireworks yeah. go off, so they don't like it. So we just had to control them for a bit. And then went to bed. We did the new year, and it was very laid back. It was, ah, oh, happy new year. The thing is, no one's got any fucking expectations, has there? No. Because the last couple have been shit, so everyone's like, oh, yeah, we'll see. I think that was what was nice about Christmas. I went to my sister-in-law's, and we, everyone was just happy to just... Be able to do be something, yeah. 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 Just be yeah. with each other. I'm not normally a New Year's fan. Like, it's not really my thing. But obviously, because I couldn't do anything for the time over Christmas, when it came to New Year's, I was free, so I wanted to do stuff. And my parents, after Christmas, had gone away in their motorhome, <laughs> kind of just left the infected in the house all of alone. <laughs> Once your isolation's finished and you've got the negative tests, like, you, you can come join us if you want. But rather than coming to join them, once my isolation finished, I thought parents are away. Let's have a party. <laughs> so <laughs> me and a few of my mates had a party. And as we were partying, we impromptly, is that the right word? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. good enough. Yeah, it impromptly booked to go to London for New Year's Eve. Did you have a good time? It was really good. I mean, when I first got there, I went, oh, this is a mistake because I didn't see a person for two hours and then I walked on <laughs> literally then I got out of my room and realised <laughs> but no because I was staying in Shoreditch so as soon as like if you turn right out of Shoreditch you're in city of so you're in like bankers territory where there is only people Monday to Friday and obviously there was there was no one and it's quite it's probably like an hour's walk but from there to like civilization. And then I did see Civilization. I was like, okay, this this might be all right. But no, I had a I had a good night dancing my life away, bringing in the new year. What was the song that brought in the new year in the club? Well, I was in Blues Kitchen, so it was a blues song. Um, but 
after midnight, after the countdown, yay, they sang Freedom, Freedom, Freedom. Was it, is that Aretha Franklin, Jack? Yeah, it's not called Freedom, though. <laughs> but what is the song? Think. Is it Think? Yeah. Busy? Packed? Packed night? Yeah, rammed in the end. And then what, back to the hotel? Well, yeah, at probably 5am. After a subway, Ben, subway stays open. <laughs> oh, hello. Hello, the posh kebab. That's when you know you're in the city. <laughs> You've got a million places to go in London. You go, do you know what? I'm going to have a subway. Foot long, please. Oh, yeah, I had a meatball Mariana, didn't I? <laughs> Bringing in the new year. Oof. Oof, that would have come back on you. That would have been, that's what Star had. <laughs> good, very good, Coulson. You ventured out into the old London. I saw the uh, Millennium by, where was I? The Mall, on top of the Mall, on a building on top of the Mall. And I looked over Buckingham Palace and everywhere for the Millennium. That was good. Since our last episode then, we have been quite active on Patreon, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. We... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Patreon, we did a special episode, didn't we? Question and answer episode with us. Yeah, we did an exclusive one to the Patreon members, which went down really well. And, you know, a few of you might have got Patreon for Christmas, so for Cinema Club. If you didn't, you can still go and subscribe to it. All you've got to do is head over to www.patreon forward slash sofacinemaclub.com. So then, Ben, who did get a Sofa Cinema Club Patreon for Christmas then? Now, I might have already said some of these, but I can't remember, so I'm just going to say them again. Rebecca Grimshaw. Grimmers. Puppy Girl. Puppy Girl, nice. Hello. Abigail Haley. Sounds like two names. It is. <laughs> imagine, imagine if the the way of conning the system is they've they've texted each other and gone, Shall we go one pound twenty three each? <laughs> Abigail and Haley. Same login. <laughs> so Ben Truman, another Ben, I know him. Kirsty Samples, I love that. What a great name that is. Caroline Walker, Emma Fink. Mercedes Chapman. Hello. Good name. A good name. I tell you what, there's some absolute bangers here. Lynn Rose, Richard Bradley. Now, I like this one. I like this name. He sounds like a bit, I don't know, you just have one of these lads at school. Richie Hill. Oh, yeah. Class clown. Tricky Dicky. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got one of Richie Hill. I'm Who was it? So Richie Hill. Oh. Oh. Again, uh, Daniel Cooper. Everyone's got a Daniel Cooper. Uh, Kim Wong. And Greenwood. And then the mysterious <laughs> Jenna. Jenna. Nice. Just Jenna. So there's a fair fair few people, fair few new subscribers. We can't we can't go on reading names all day, but for all of you. No, we can't because we run out. <laughs> for all of you that have subscribed to our Patreon, thank you very much for doing so. And if you want to, make sure you go over and do it. Don't miss out on the extra word that we're putting in on the podcast. The other little bit of housekeeping is our friends at Spotify have launched a new feature for 2022, haven't they, Jack? Yeah, they found us up about this, actually. Hello, who is it? I nearly put the phone down. <laughs> It's Spotify, not again. Can you let people know that you can now leave ratings on Spotify? It's the five. It's the five. It's not leaving a rating. It's leave just the five. There's no comments to be made, is there? It's just five stars, shit or bust. Yes. Yeah. Five stars. No one's mucking around with one to four. No. It's, it's a big five. Yeah. So if you do listen on Spotify, you know what to do. Go on the app and leave us the five stars. Right. Right. Should we do what we're here to do? 
Talking about five stars. Oof, good. Great, great link. Great link. Um, Parasite. Fair play to you, Colsey. This is not an easy synopsis. Are you ready? Go. Parasite is the story of two families in Korea. We've got the Park family who are rich and we've got the Kim family who are poor. The Kim family are all unemployed and they start to get jobs in the Park family, working for them in roles of trust almost. And the film kind of shows how a poor family can infiltrate their way into a rich family and then there is a big twist as to what happens which kind of changes everything in the film. But really, it is just a film about a family working for another family whilst keeping it a secret that they're a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good enough. I remember when it first came out, because Ben, you were the person who told me to watch this film. The director, what's he called, Ben? Bong Joon-ho. So I remember at the time... He, he kind of set out a big thing about how he didn't want people to spoil it. He said the best way to watch this film is going into it completely blind, mm. not knowing what it's about. Yeah. And I remember the first time I ever watched it in the cinema, you just assume it's a comedy, don't you, really? Do you think? What's funny about it? D- d- the script. I didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> Do you not think it's funny? I thought it was more almost like a sinister thriller. See, I don't think the thriller aspect comes until the twist. Mm, no. This is interesting. You do see that it's pretty fucked up beforehand. I mean, they are trying to get people sacked so that they can infiltrate this family. Yeah, but they do it in a way of literally just looking after themselves. You know, they're not really doing it out of any harm other than covering their own backs, are they? Well, they're all lying, for one thing. They're lying, Jack, to protect their family. Like, the, the Kim family have no money. They're at the bottom of the class, aren't they? But what you realise, don't did, what he very cleverly does, you know, when they can't get Wi-Fi signal? Yeah. Right at the start of the film. He sets up immediately that they leg off everyone, don't they? Yeah. So they can't even get their Wi-Fi. And then as you're going through at the start, they start to talk about all the things they've failed in or not completed. He doesn't complete his studies. The dad had a cake shop. The daughter is talented, but I don't think she's completed her studies. Uh, so they're a family that never quite finish anything or may, or have made it, have they? No. And they're all kind of at this point of unemployment. They, there isn't any money going into the house. Yeah. Hence why they can't afford anything. They start that like pizza box job, don't they? And they don't even do that right. Well, the dad suddenly goes into a trance thinking he can do them dead fast. And he's obviously shit at them. But what a great piece of filmmaking. He's gone, hold on. Get the YouTuber of the fastest pizza box person. Yeah. And then he goes, <laughs> like, and then he's off. But they're obviously all cack, his ones. 10% of them are cack. 25. Oh, was it 25? Yeah, tw- a quarter of them. It's quarter. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> the youngest in the family, the, the, the son, one of his friends comes back from studying, doesn't he? And basically says, look, I've got this job tutoring English at a really rich family, mm. but I can't do it because I'm going back to school. Yeah. I want you to take over. You know, your family needs some money. You're a good English teacher, but what we've got to do to get you the job is we've just got to lie, but your sister's good at that. The minute it starts, they start lying, don't they? You know, he kind of gets this job on a false CV almost, and 
he's not an English teacher. He kind of just bullshits his way through it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think they have, what I got the feeling for us right from the start is they're quite practiced in this. One person gets a little hook on something in the family and all of them try and pile in. So he sets a seed, doesn't he? Yeah. About the son not being very good, but his, his sister, very good art. He built it up. She's like something like an art psychiatrist or something. Mm. So he, he's called, he's, his English name is Kevin. So, you know, Ke- Kevin is the English tutor. Kevin says that he's got a cousin who's got a friend who went to art school who's doing tutoring. And then that's how Jessica, the sister, comes into it. And then they kind of say, look, we have a planet. We're going to get our whole family into the roles in the Parks family's house. But we're not going to let them know that we're a family. Mm. And, you know, Jessica sets a trap really early on to get the driver sacked. And then the dad comes in as Mr. Kim. And he kind of is the driver who drives for Mr. Park. And then kind of the, the biggest task is them getting the lady of the house, the maid, sacked, isn't it? Because she's worked in that house since it was first built. And this is kind of where the twist in the film comes because they basically bully her out of her job, don't this they? This is good. I loved this. Peach first. The, the pe- peach With first. the peaches. Very good. The dad tells uh, Mrs. Park that she has tuberculosis. Who? <laughs> what? Is that a new one? Shit! TB, tuberculosis. Which is what I said. You said tuber- <laughs> tuberculosis. <laughs> tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. What has she got? Oh my, she's got tuberculosis. I've heard of that, it's awful. It, it always goes around this time of year. <laughs> she's got TB. TB. TB, that's it, that's it, TB. But, you know, it results in Mrs. Park sacking her and then their mum getting the job as the housemaid and finally... This family has completely taken over and they are completely bullshitting their way in and through jobs that they don't know. And it comes to a point where the Park family um, go on holiday for Desong's birthday, don't they? They want to go camping. So they take him away. And that's the first moment where we see them all acting as a family in the Park's family home because the Park family are out and they've kind of got free roam. And it is a little bit like mission complete. Yeah, you know, we could get used to this. I suppose, though, it's that it, it's also the analogy with the title of the film, Parasite. So that it's a double edge, isn't it? That they're straight away when they get the chance, they live off the host. Yeah. And then they all go there and start to trash this beautiful home. But they're also separated by the fact that they now have all this job and all this money, but they still end up trashing and treating it like they're almost back in their house i thought this if the three of us were in a position where you are in someone else's property you still treat it with respect don't you whereas that family they don't all the shit on the tables all the empty bottles spilling things not caring like you wouldn't want them to know they just have no respect do they no but i suppose they, they also think they've got a bit of time, don't they? They don't know that the camping's going to get rained off and Desong's going to want to come home because he's scared or tired or whatever. So they think they've got at least 24 hours before they have to tidy everything up. But I suppose that's the commentary on the family and the social commentary of the film. Yeah. Is they all see it as it's, it's short term. Yeah. Yeah. They're never fully going to 
keep those jobs for the next 10 or 15 years. They're going to get what they can mm. as quick as they can. And then it's something's going to go wrong because it always does. And it does really show rich and poor. And the, the first kind of shot that I really remember from this film was the fact that none of the family sit on the sofa. They all sit on the floor. You know, when they take over their house, the daughter lies on the sofa and the mum and dad just sit on the floor and kind of, it, 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 it feels like they don't belong in that house, even when they're there and, and they shouldn't be. Anyway, what happens in this? The former like housemaid who has been tricked out of losing her job rings a doorbell and she says, look, I used to work here. I know the Park family are away. I've left something here. Can you let me in? And the mum decides to let her in. And you can see in that great shot through the intercom, she looks crazy in that, doesn't she? And it kind of drops you a hint of there's there's something weird about this because we've seen her as such a mild, timid character. And in that, it's raining outside. It's obviously hammering it down for this whole section of the film. And she looks mental. But she's also had a bit of an allergic reaction from the peaches, hasn't she? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And she runs through the house kind of chuntering onto herself and she runs straight to the basement. Now, she only thinks that the mum of the family is in because she only thinks the housekeeper's in. She doesn't know that in her head there's the driver and the two tutors. She she doesn't see them. And the mum follows her into the basement and she's there trying to push this shelf, this like cabinet aside. And when she does push it aside, it reveals this secret door to a bunker. Hmm. And in this bunker is her husband. And he's been living in there for as long as the Parks have been living in the house. She was hiding a husband in the basement and then she's been sacked because they've thought she had TB and she's been sacked and she's left her husband for like two weeks, a week or something on his own in this basement. But she wants to continue to leave her husband in that basement. I suppose the commentary that runs under all this film is that he's fucked up as well, hasn't he? Mm. So he's in the basement because he opened a cake shop it went bust. He borrowed a load of money from loan sharks. Yeah. He can't pay it. He fucking hides. And there's that one bit which I suppose we, I think is is probably the most telling part of the whole film is when the young kid goes, they smell the same. Mm, yeah. It doesn't matter where or what you look like. They have that basement smell, all of them. And the sun cottons onto that. So suddenly... Both families are in this basement, aren't they? Yeah. Both meeting each other for the first time, both with their story, but both just as parasitical as each other. And it's that penny-dropping moment of the previous housemaid realising that they're all a family and they have literally parasited their way into the park house like she has. Yes. And they're almost saved by the phone ringing from Mrs Park saying, the camping trip's been a nightmare can you put some, uh, what is it, ramen? Ram, ram, ram done. Ram done, yeah. You know, we're eight minutes away from here. And it's that bit of, shit, we need to make this house presentable. Yeah. We've got two people in the basement. What the fuck are we going to do? And it's that shot that I remember in the cinema of when she is putting both the noodles into the hot water and the previous housemaid comes in the darkness and she, without looking, she just kicks her down the stairs. And that noise when she hits that wall, I, that, that's the thing from the cinema that I just remember going, 
fuck, this is this has got dark. I watched this film um, when it came out, but this time round, watching it, I watched it with the mother-in-law, and she'd never seen this film before. And when that bit sort of happened, she sort of like went, "Oh fuck!" And it is, it is like yeah. a oof. Yeah. It's that noise. It's it is that noise. It is. It's like it's like a bag of uncooked meat being slapped against a wall that you saw that sort of thud, and you think, "Oof." You're not getting up from that. From that petty argument of who is the worst between the two families, it then, it's, oh, okay, this is dark now. This isn't just, we want their money. This is, we're willing to do anything for their money. Yeah. And the entire family, aside from the the mum, hide under that table, don't they? Yes. Whilst the Park family come back and, and the mum's cooking. And there's a big thing in this film that I've read quite a lot about in the reviews of it is... So so the meal that the mum's cooking, Ramdom, mm. is, is is basically a poor person's meal. So what it is, Jack, is it's two different flavours of super noodles put together into a pan. Right. And it's like the barbecue noodles and the chicken noodles. And together, apparently they taste amazing, but it's famously a poor dish. Okay. And she doesn't want her son to eat a poor dish. So that's why they put... The, the the sirloin steak in. Yeah. And then anyway, they they get back and somehow the Kim family managed to hide and, you know, the Park family return home and they've kind of half cleaned the house up but the lights are off so they're hoping that they don't suspect anything and luckily they don't. But it's interesting, isn't it, though, that I suppose also what he's showing is the family go camping. So... Everyone else is worried about their houses flooding in the rain. Mm. They get the rain and they go, oh, it's ruined our holiday, but it's ruined other people's lives. There's quite a theme throughout it with Mr. Park of the crossing the line, yeah, which is kind of stated from where he's put himself in society. And I know that one thing that Bong did throughout the entire film, which he was really key on, because they designed this house, Jack, just for the film. Yeah, it's a set, isn't it? There's no, when they go out, there's no second floor. That's just a green screen. There's no garden. The trees were too expensive, so they're CGI. Wow. Yeah. One thing that he really wanted was splits. So that's why the glass is in panels and it has splits in, and that's why the fridge has a split. And he tried in every single shot that had a member of each of the family in to get a line, a split between them. Uh Ah. When he did Snowpiercer... Which is now the Netflix show, isn't it? Yeah, but he did the film. But he did the film of that. When he did that, the film was recut by Weinstein. Yeah. Out of the footage, and he ruined the film. And after that, he said, I'm not going to shoot anything extraneous at all so no one can recut my film. So he made a book. He makes a drawing book of the film. Storyboard. Storyboard. But it's a book. And he gives everyone the book on the first day of shooting and the actors. And says that's how it's going to look. That, yeah, that's why he works with the same actors, because they understand him. Mm. And they go, no, that is the shot. So, and if you see the book and you see the shot, it's exactly the same. So the lad who edited it said, there are no other shots to flick to. Yeah, You can take another take. And he edited the whole film on Final Cut Pro, which hasn't been updated since 2011. Because <laughs> that's what he uses to edit. <laughs> and got an Oscar nomination. Yeah. 
<laughs> Mad! I've got an old computer at the back. Hold on, give me a sec. On the Weinstein note, Ben, just to show a bit of like Bong's personality, the, the thing that he wanted to cut out of Snowpiercer was this scene where he, he, he guts a fish. And that was a big thing. He said, you can keep your dialogue, but the gut in the fish is going. And he said, no, that shot is a tribute to my dad, who was a fisherman. And if you cut that film, you can't buy it. And Weinstein said, oh, okay, right, we'll let you have it. And he's come out since and said that his dad wasn't a fisherman. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, I'm just not having some fucker mess with my film. (laughs) Good on him. But he was blacklisted. He was blacklisted as a director. So the film, Parasite, uh, the guy who blacklisted him was called Park. Ah. He got done for embezzlement, I think. But he was blacklisted as a director, so couldn't make anything. So it's just as much also about him against the state. I guess the other key part that happens whilst they're on that sofa and the, the sun is outside camping is Mr. Park says... Now, I do like Mr. Kim, but that smell is awful. It's the same smell that you get in the underground. And we see, obviously, the shot of Mr. Kim under the table whilst the, the, them two are on the sofa having this conversation. And it's that moment where you see it in Mr. Kim that really, you know, there is no respect from either of them. It's the smell of poor, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't really matter how well he drives or how well they all do. They are where they are. They're not going to move up. And jobs can't change that. So it it gets to a point where both parents go to sleep and the family manage to sneak out. I love the shot. Sorry, one shot when he's lying down and he thinks he's going to get caught. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He does the spider. He does the spider when, you know, when you spot a spider and you turn the lights on and the spider does fuck... (laughs) <laughs> don't fucking move don't fucking move Harry don't move he's put lights on watch this spider trick stay still in plain sight <laughs> yeah stay, but he stays still doesn't he yeah and he's lit it so well he's sort of darker but he goes oh. yeah on second watch watching this film again and kind of understanding more of the context and the reasoning behind it that scene in effect where they are running down hill in the flood going down ramps, going down staircases. It is them going back to their place in society, isn't it? And it's done really powerful through the stairs, through the ramps, and how the water's getting deeper and heavier the lower they go, and they're still not anywhere near home. And it's kind of like they've just left heaven, and they're trekking back down to hell, which is where they live. Mm. Well, they're they're sort of like a fallen angel, aren't they? Yeah. They had their chance, they ruin it, they descend back the kind of netherworld and that's a set he built that whole thing as a set that he flits amazing i i guess is why it works so well because he's clearly said look i want splits and i want stairs and he's like whatever you make me make me on different levels and put lines in it (laughs) and it really does work even the bit about how they have the toilet on the different level and like god i tell you what that's the only bit that get you know you said the third on the head that gets me Oh, God, when it starts flooding the shitter. Oh, it just gets me. It's absolutely going to shit. And the only thing they save is a rock. And she's having a fag. Mm. And that rock that they were given, um, they're given by the friend, and it's meant to give wealth to the family, isn't it? And when the flood happens, everything's kind of been going well in their eyes before this. 
you know, everything's been going well. They've got the jobs. They've got money coming in. You know, if they carry on like this, the family is going to be a success. And it's all since they've got this rock. And when it's flooding, the rock floats. And it's all when it's gone wrong. And you realize that it's not a fucking rock. It's hollow. Yeah. You know, so their structure of this is this is wealth, this rock symbolizes everything. Well, the rock is fucking floating. So it's not symbolizing anything. Yeah. But anyway, we get to the next morning and the Kim family have obviously woken up in a gymnasium and the slums of the town are there because it's all flooded. And whilst we're seeing a complete level of destruction and people have lost their homes, further up the hill, the Park family are having a party. (laughs) How amazing was that rain? Let's have a party. Then someone's got to get the old picnic table out. Nightmare, nightmare. No way do picnic tables look like that. If we get, get the one we've got out the Covered shed. in moss. Covered in moss. Shit, leg broken. Bird poo. <laughs> yeah, the lawn isn't fucking flat. Don't put it there, put it... I said, no, put it on the patio, it won't work, it won't, it'll sink. So they throw a party, which means that all four members of the family, all four members of the park staff, have to go back to the house. Now... A lot happened last night. You know, we know that there's two people locked in the basement and we know that one of them has a head injury. And we now kind of have a different sense of things and Mr. Kim doesn't have the respect for the Park family like he did. There's that scene where she's on the phone organising the party and he's packing the bag shopping and you can see in him, in him there, that he's like, I don't want to fucking work for you, you bitch. And it kind of, you can tell that it's got that sinister edge to it now. It is really starting to pick up. The saddest scene for me is when the boy looks out to the garden and sees them all playing and he realises he will never be them because he can't play freely. Who's the, the young lad? The young lad. He's on the second floor with the girl, the tutor. With the daughter, after they've been kissing. After they've been kissing. Yeah. But he's not into it. And he looks out and he sees them all playing and he realises... He's not them. And he says, they weren't going to have a party. And now they've had a party and they've all turned up and they're all playing. I'm never going to attain that because all they worry about is money and food. When all the Kim members of family kind of just touch upon what, what Ben said, they they all kind of realise that the two people in the basement are a lot more like them than everybody else at this party. So they say, we need to help them. So he goes down with his rock, doesn't he, to kind of feed them. And you don't, you don't know what he's going to do with the rock. It, it's almost like some sort of peace offering. I'm not sure. Yeah, yes. I think he's going to yes. give their family the, the wealth rock because he realises there's nothing to it and it means nothing. But then I also couldn't work out whether he's taking it down to defend himself. To finish her off. Yeah, finish her off. That's the bit, and I guess that is just one of those things that is left up to your own interpretation, isn't it? Well, I think it's quite deliberate, isn't it? They naturally could take over their position. He goes down with the the one <laughs> the one weapon he has, which is the hollow rock. Mm. But he goes down, yeah, to face them, doesn't he? And it kind of backfires because he drops the rock, them two have broken free, and he gets hit over the head with the hollow rock doesn't he yeah he does massively <laughs> and that that again that noise then yeah when i saw that i was like he's dead and the first time i watched it i was like no he is dead yeah i did but then knowing that the rock is hollow and fake that's how he survives mm. it is kind of that bit of 
now they're free, you know, almost the shoe is on the other foot and they've now got the opportunity to break free. And there's the moment, isn't there? We we know that um, the song, The Sun, had a nightmare because he'd seen a ghost in the house. That's a very good bit. Great bit. That's like a kabuki mask. So when he comes out, it's almost, you know, when he comes out the dark, it's almost like that kind of... yeah. Real devilish mask. Well, he hasn't seen a ghost, has he? No, he's seen that lad come out, come for a bit of ice cream. It, you know, it was his birthday. It happened, and it's kind of you know a reunion, and the mum's kind you'd of throat- shit yourself. You'd shit yourself. Shit yourself. <laughs> a fucking lad's just come out from the downstairs. He's got blood all over his face. <laughs> he runs into the garden, and he screams, and he just stabs the daughter carrying the cake, doesn't he? Yeah, he goes, interestingly, he goes after the Kim family, doesn't he? Because I suppose he's he's maybe not even seen the Park family. No, he respects the Park family, Jack. He says that to Mr. Park. He says, Mr. Park, yeah. respect. You feed me, you house me. Yeah. And when he's doing the Morse code, he's doing the Morse code saying thank you to Mr. Park, saying respect. Yeah. But he's there to kill the parasite. I couldn't remember how gory and how mad that scene in the garden was when it's just like people getting stabbed and slashed constantly. But he does that very interesting bit, doesn't he, where they're playing a game, the dad and the father are playing a game that goes, we're going to jump out and we're going to attack my son. They're playing cowboys and Indians, aren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. How he sets it up as a game and then he gets stabbed with that axe. It's like a game. They're playing a game and then it turns. He does it very well very clever technique that rather than he puts you in one space which is a game then suddenly it turns very yeah extremely gory why does mr kim then stab mr park because when his daughter's dying yeah jessica all the park family care about is the fact that their son's having a seizure they don't care about the fact that the tutor has just been stabbed by someone they've never met he does a smelling bit as he turns her over as he goes to get the car key and I think it's that look. It, well, it's both, isn't it? Colson's right. He's His sole focus is getting his little boy to hospital because he's had a seizure. He doesn't even see that there's a young girl who's been stabbed in the chest. He just sees main priority is get my son to hospital. Yeah. And how I do that is I get the Mercedes car keys from the driver. Yeah. What he doesn't know is the driver... The driver's daughter is the girl who's been stabbed, who he's got his hand on his on a chest trying to thing it. And he's just shouting at Mr. Kim for the keys. Well, no, he's shouting at him to drive him. <laughs> well, yeah, no, yeah, he says, throw me the keys, throw me the keys, doesn't he? So he almost gets the keys and he, he throws them. No, no, he has to pick them up. Yes. Under her back. And it's that moment where he goes... The smell, isn't it? The smell, but the look of disdain... He smells the guy who's been in the basement. Yeah, who's got the meat skewer through him. And because it's such a potent smell, Mr. Kim then realises, we've got the same smell, me and him. And you're disgusted with that smell. Yeah. You're also disgusted with me. And it, it just pisses him off too much, so he grabs the knife and stabs him. After he stabs Mr. Park, he runs. Well, the game's afoot. 
the game the games of foot what's it like cluedo as they say the games of foot <laughs> like it's the 1940s the games of foot it's fucking uh-huh. a mess <laughs> it's a mess that party so all we know is that he's run kevin is in the basement bleeding out we assume jessica is bleeding out on the garden the mum's kind of scot free and the the dad's run and that's kind of all we see, and we, we skip we skip a few months, don't we, into the future, and it's it's the court case of the son and the mum, and we realise there's no dad, and obviously we realise that Jessica's died, and in that court case, they both kind of get done for fraud, so they don't actually get done for that much, because the person they want is their dad, because it's their dad that's committed murder, but they've not heard from him, nobody's seen him, no one knows where Mr. Kim is hiding, And then one night, his son goes up to look at the park house to see who lives there now. And as he's there, the lights are flashing and it's Morse code. And he realises that his dad, the only place he could hide, was the basement. Yeah. And his dad has now swapped places with the guy who was killed and he's now living in the basement underneath a different family and he's trying to contact his son to say look son this is where i am it's a long book isn't it because he's not saying did it did 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 sos oh yeah he gives it he gives it the you like imagine if you came in halfway through (laughs) you'd be piecing it together you'd want to say go back yeah i've missed it i've missed it (laughs) i'll come back tomorrow and he'll start again what you should have said is dad's here You've you've written a whole letter which wasn't needed. You've written a whole book, a macket. I completely agree with that. And the thing that's quite interesting is in the film, there's a few references between the mother and the father of what's your plan, mm. and he never gives her an answer. And when he does give his son an answer, he says the best plan is to have no plan. And then the film ends on his son's plan to work hard, study, get a good job and buy that house so his son ends with a plan and you kind of see that dreamscape of the son getting to a point where he can purchase the house and the first time i watched it i thought oh fucking hell he's done it how clever and then you go back to the son in the basement realizing that he hasn't but he won't no because there's a big debate as to will he ever get there and won't he ever get there and the song in the credits was written by bong and sung by the actor who plays the son and basically in the song it tells a story of the son's life and he's working a labor job and he would have to work for 550 years to be able to afford to buy that house i think that's the reason why they reference the father saying the best plan is to have no plan because there's every time he's had a plan it fails and the end shot the first shot and the end shot are the same yeah you're ending in the same place. You've got even less. You've not got you've not got a dad and you've not got a sister. Oof. He'll never get to that place of saving his dad. Right, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we will rate it. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So, Parasite ratings you can see it in black and white do you see that on amazon yeah i know that when it came out the director said that he really wanted to show it in black and white but he wanted everyone to see it in color first but then he was like, i want everyone to see it in black and white because i've graded each family slightly different so i think the park family are like they're graded differently basically to show the divide constantly yeah um it's a hard one for me because I picked this film because I kind of wanted to surprise you in the element of knowing that th- this is a very good film. And when I picked this, I knew it was a very good film. And the first time I watched it, it did blow me away. And I was like, that is quite something. And the second time I watched it, again, it really did blow me away. There's so, there is so much I love in it. And like, I know you two didn't find this, but at times I found it really funny and then I found it quite scary and then I found it horrible and horrifying and all that in two hours and 20. And for me, in subtitles, keeping me engaged, mm. I think, fuck it, I'll give it a 10. Ooh, big guns. Right, you go, Jack, you go. Yeah, I love this film when it came out and there's nothing you can sort of compare it to. It's such a weird take on one family trying to take over another family. I can't really think of anything like that before. Love that it got uh, best film at the Oscars. It's the first um, like non-English, non English, it's the first international film to win all three big awards, apparently. I think it's the third time a film's won Palme d'Or at the, the Cannes Film Festival and the Oscars. It's the third time. Yeah. The other the two Oscar, films are yeah. like in the forties and the fifties, I think. But um, yeah, I really, I really loved it. For like, it's it's almost like a bit of a, a Hitchcock sort of vibe about it. I know he's a big fan of Hitchcock, the director. 
the parks have all of the Hitchcock films on their shelf. He put it in, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go... Suspense! Is it nines or is it eights for me? It's not ten. It's not complete ten. Is it nines or is it eights? I'm going to go point five, nine point five. Let's go there. I think that's fine. Yeah, I told you to watch this, course, and I remember thinking, I hope... He puts his head away and watches it. I hope he puts his head away from, oh, it's all the things you might not like, and then go, great, I got it, I understand. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. I think it's an extraordinary film. I think a film which you can't really describe and you don't want to describe Mm. is an amazing film. Like, if someone says to me, Oh, watch this. They go, what's it about? I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, going cold. Just watch it. Then yeah. you think to yourself, God, it's got to be good. Because it's undescribable. If you came to pitch that film to get money for it, you fucking struggle to encapsulate it in one one line. I think he's filmed it beautifully. I think the acting's fantastic. The screenplay. I think the social commentary is the big thing, which I think he feeds in really beautifully and makes it very duplicitous you go between each family you go between oh i I kind of on their side now no i'm kind of on their side he he doesn't give you a direct black and white good and evil do i go big 10 can i think of a better film with that kind of thing i don't know whether i can isn't that why it is the nearly perfect film the 10 out of 10 because you can't compare it to anything if i said to someone oh, I really liked Parasite. What other films would you give me to watch? They'd be like, oh, well, you can maybe watch some of the same directors of the films. I think it's the most accomplished thing, one of the most accomplished things I've seen a director as a director's vision. Like Hitchcock had his vision and that's how he made his films. Arguably, probably someone like Ridley Scott has a vision and that's how he makes his films. Scorsese has a vision. Mm. That's the most close to, I would have said, a director's vision as you can get. I think I'm going to go... I think I'll just go 10. Oof. 29.5 out of 30. Which is, is, I think that might be up there with Goodfellas, you know. I think it might be. So we're yet to have a 30 out of 30 film. That's going to be some day. I think when that happens, we just end the podcast, don't we? <laughs> yeah. I think we blow up. Yeah. <laughs> 30 out of... Before you even finish the sentence, you go... And my rating is 10. Oh, God, that was 30 out of 30. Um, yeah, I suppose it's very, it's fascinating that film. It's fascinating, and I've yet to meet anyone who doesn't go. Oh, I thought it was shit who, or something. Yeah, I haven't met anyone. Yeah, everyone goes fucking hell when it fucking kicks off. It's when she gets the karate kick down the fucking. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're in. <laughs> We're in. Game, the game's afoot. <laughs> the game is a fucking foot. Exactly that. Smash you down the stairs. <laughs> Awful. Awful. You know, they gave the plans to an architect to build the house. once Because he built the house in his mind and sort of like storyboarded the house and scene by scene and then gave it to production design, they gave it to uh, an architect, and he said, who the fuck would build a shit house like this? (laughs) (laughs) What idiot designed this? (laughs) (laughs) You made me laugh. (laughs) 
So we're starting 2020 with a whopping 29.5. 2022. You've gone back two years. You've regressed. You start in 2020. So we're starting 2022 <laughs> with a whopping... We're starting 2020. Now, I think something's going to happen this year. <laughs> you wait. You, you wait. wait. February, March Some time. people poo-poo me for guessing doing this shit, but I'm telling you now, it's going to be big to last for a couple of years. It does still for like 2022. <laughs> so before we find out what Ben has picked for us to watch next, Next week, it is time for Jack's first hidden gem of the year. Jack's, Jack's hidden gem, gem of the week. We probably should have done it in Korean. That would have been better. That's a band right there, isn't it? Oh, shit. Um, hidden gem this week. It's on Sky Atlantic still, so get in there quick. Sky Atlantic, it's on Now TV. It's a series. It's one series. It's just a one-off. Ben's seen this, I think. It came out a couple of years ago. Stephen King, and it's called The Outsider. Oh, I have seen it. You have. Good. It is good. Good hidden gem. It's good watch. The premise is, someone gets murdered in a wood, and this guy who they pick up for the murder there's his there's his dna all over the crime scene and they pick him up they've got cctv footage of him in in the area um and they've got him banged to rights basically he gets picked up for the crime and he gets arrested this is the first episode so i'm not spoiling anything for you then halfway through the app they find cctv footage of him in a completely different country at the exact same time as the murder taking place. That's it. And now I what the fuck? It's very good. Stephen King, the outsider. It's very good. Very good. Murder. But all is not what it seems. I would say that's actually a proper hidden gem there, Shepard. It is, because there's do you know what most people that I tell about, they go, What's it? Well, I've never heard of it. And it is really good. It's just a one off series, there's about eight apps. Very good, very enjoyable, and yeah, I've I've struggled to find something acting wise, directing wise, script wise. It's just very good. Just watch it. It's very good. It's called The Outsider. It's very good. <laughs> Sky Atlantic Now TV. You find it on there. Good, good, good. Spec that, Jack. Very good. So, Ben, your first solo non-Christmas pick. <laughs> Oh, I was going to go Christmas movie, Polo <laughs> Express. Oh, 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 what a shitter. Maybe next year. Um, yeah, so it's my pick. So I thought about this long and hard. What was your thought process? What questions did you have to ask? It's his first grown-up one, isn't it? It's the first one where he's not had you to say no to. I wonder if it will be a film that you said no to. No, no, to be fair, actually, me and Jack picked very similar films. I don't think we ever had. Oh, I don't think that. I think this is more probably a film which I think, as part of your film education, you should definitely see. You should see, but I haven't. Yeah, it was ranked, uh, I think it was ranked for a while, the greatest film of all time. It always comes up in people's, especially critics' list. It's a film which I think, it has a lot of themes that we've been talking about today. Uh, And it is maybe, it's arguably, you'll see when you see it. Everyone talks about this film in their top ten. I wonder if I know what it is. It's called Bicycle Thieves. Oh, yeah. It's old, isn't it? 
It's very old. 1948, Italian neorealist drama. Subtitles? Yeah. Black and white? Yeah. But, but, it's got very, very, very similar themes to Parasite. Yeah. Very similar. So actually, I thought about what you'd found interesting in Parasite, and I thought, maybe see a film that Parasite could use or relate to, and see what you think. It's big, big... Big film, I think. So there we go, Bicycle Thieves. So next week on the Sofa Cinema Club, we are watching Bicycle Thieves. And make sure you do too before you join us on Thursday. Remember, if you want to keep in touch with us at the Sofa Cinema Club, all you have to do is follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Sofa Cinema Club. On there, we run competitions through the week to win tickets to the cinemas. We also find out what you thought of the film. And at some point, we give you guys at home a chance to pick your choice for us to review on Sofa Cinema Club. If you want more Sofa Cinema Club, remember you can find us on Patreon and YouTube. We'll be back here on Monday for Sofa Cinema Club Extraterrestrial. If not, we'll see you on Thursday where we're talking all things Bicycle Thieves. Until then, good night, God bless. Bye-bye. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello, it's William and Jordan here from Help! I Sexted My Boss. And on Tuesday, our show at the London Palladium will be streamed live into cinemas. So if you want an evening full of laughs and outrageous problems and dilemmas, then come along and join us on the big screen. Help I Sex and My Boss Live is showing everywhere and everyone's welcome. Go to sexofmyboss.com slash cinema to get your tickets now. That's sexofmyboss.com slash cinema.